702 presents the Locked and Down podcast with Cindy Paluta in association with the South African Depression and Anxiety Group because help is at hand. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening from me, Cindy Paluta, to everyone listening to this Locked and Down podcast right now. Before we start today's podcast, I want to take a moment to thank all those people working in essential services and the team at SADAC, the South African Depression and Anxiety Group, who offer a 24-hour hotline should you be feeling overwhelmed, anxious, stressed, or uncertain, and their number is 0800-456-789. I don't know about you, but for me, this lockdown is really starting to drag a lot. I definitely don't miss the queues in the stores and I don't miss the traffic, but I am missing the outside world. And for many people, though, after this lockdown, there's no guarantee that they'll be going back to work. They may get retrenched, they may have pay cuts, and this is a very serious position to find yourself in as an individual, but ultimately it affects us as a nation and the world. Now, let me get to our guest today. Joining me today is Zandi Mate, who is a neuro coach and behavior change advisor. Thank you so much for taking time to speak to me today. Zandi. Thank you so much, Cindy. And it's such an honor to be um, on this podcast. I've been listening to a series of it and I think it's great work that you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Firstly, it's a word that's being thrown around. You hear it in sport bulletins, you hear it in news, you hear it everywhere you go. It's pay cut, pay cut, pay cut, and the word retrenchment. So many of our friends are facing this right now. What does retrenchment mean? Um, So Cindy, uh, retrenchment is almost the slang word for what the Labor Relations Act typically calls a section 189 and that um, is a process um, that kicks off when an employer is obligated to consult with its employees when it contemplates dismissing one or more of its employees for a a series of operational reasons and and these could be because of um, you know economic challenges as we are experiencing now with the COVID-19 organizations are experiencing a lot of you know financial um, challenges to keep their organizations afloat but there are other reasons why a retrenchment may kick off, such as technological changes. And I think we'll start seeing a lot of that going forward where you know, organizations realize, hang on, we're doing okay with the technology or there is a new system that replaces a back office function and we don't need as many people as we thought we did. And then a third reason um, um, might be that for structural reasons. You know, So if the, the organization is too big and it needs to downsize or we want to move it from a hierarchical to a matrix structure, these are all various reasons that an employer may cite to kick off a section 189 or what we typically know as a retrenchment. It's quite scary because in this time of, well, we can work from home, like you say, it does allow employers to start thinking, well, hold on a second, we can actually work with fewer people. And so if you're sitting at home, what impact, not just financially, but mentally and emotionally, can retrenchment or the, or the pending retrenchment or the thought of a possible retrenchment, how can that affect people? So, Cindy, I think the impact is far greater than what we typically know, especially where we are. And when I go into an organization and I'm I'm helping organizations transition through the retrenchment process, the first thing I always look at is how does this 
uh, you know, impact organization, at least organization-wide. Then I scale it down to the team. But at an individual level is where I'll spend a lot of the time because that's where we see the impact the most. And it really is in the mental, emotional, and behavioral elements of, of one's life. And with a typical retrenchment, people will go through what we call the various emotional stages of change. And these are emotional responses that one is most likely to experience during or, you know, leading up to a a suspected retrenchment. And the first thing that always happens is shock and denial. So a person will experience the shock and denial, almost like a shock to the system. And this will typically be followed by a, a myriad of emotions, such as anger and resentment and fear. And I think that's what a lot of people are experiencing and the onset of depression. And these are the sets of emotions that one goes through before they start neutralizing and, you know, far down the line, start accepting that there is this particular change. But, you know, what's important to remember is that these states are mostly negative, but aren't, you know, a a product of people actively resisting the change process. So if you're sitting at home and, you you know, you're feeling like this is happening, it's going to happen, it's not you actively resisting the process if you're feeling depressed or if you're feeling fearful. This has a lot to do with the circuitry of the brain in human psychology. And the golden rule to remember is that employees are human before they are employees or resources. And because we are human, we have certain chemicals, you know, which are generated in the amygdala and they proliferate throughout the body that contribute to how we respond to particular triggers and changes around us and in particular retrenchment. And and these chemicals can either be involved in positive emotional states where we feel happy and excited, but they are also involved in negative emotional states where we might feel frightened, where we might feel the need to freeze or to flee. And often these negative emotional responses are are a product of a threat that we seem to experience to our environment and survival. Now, if we consider how people are impacted and when dealing with retrenchment, a huge part of how people view retrenchment or looming retrenchment is subsequently um, a product of the context that they have or the history that they have or their experiences, where they are in their lives. Did they just buy a new house? Or is this the second retrenchment that this organization is going through in a year? So the impact, it's felt so deeply and it's not to be underestimated by employers especially and by those people sitting at home, you know, uh, because the impact is far more deep than we think. And for some people, the impact might be, you know, minimal, you know, because maybe someone might see this as an opportunity to move into a role that they've been eyeing out for months or an opportunity to move into a completely new space. But for majority of the people who have bread and butter issues to deal with, the impact is very devastating because it is a direct threat to their survival and the brain and body does what it will normally do when it feels it's come under threat and it will defend itself um, you know, and protect itself from a painful change. And that's when it kicks out the various emotional states of being that one will experience throughout the change. So the body almost goes through a trauma cycle because this is because this is a trauma but what coping mechanisms because um, as you've said you deal with a lot of individuals and you coach them through it what are yeah. the main coping mechanisms that you are giving to those people who are facing mm-hmm. potential retrenchment what would your top coping mechanisms be the, the primary thing first and foremost is to acknowledge and I like separating there are people that have pre-existing um, mental conditions and those we treat quite sensitively because if they know they've got a, a pre 
pre-existing condition, the first thing I always say is reach out to your therapist early on in the process. Reach out to your therapist if you are feeling anxious about a new retrenchment. Don't leave it until you're slap bang in it and you're experiencing a breakdown or a meltdown or there's a specific trigger. You know, so that's the first advice I give, especially for people with pre-existing conditions. But there are people who don't have pre-existing conditions but are struggling to adjust. And nine out of 10, I always say, you know, it's first and foremost, it's about acknowledging that this is a change process and it is normal. And when you do that acknowledgement, it's about appreciating that I'm uncomfortable. I am experiencing a lot of pain through this process and I'm very scared. Um, And this acknowledgement process is very critical, especially for our mental well-being, because it, 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 it prevents you from staying in a state of anger or denial for too long. And if you stay in that, it, it moves into becoming a temperament. And a year down the line, you're still in the state. So the first coping mechanism is let's acknowledge that we're going through a trauma and, and let's appreciate the change um, that is happening. The second mechanism that I always um, advise people is never underestimating their potential to be greater than their current situation. Now, it sounds like pie in the sky if I'm going through this trauma and you don't know what my situation is. A lot of people tend to attach too much meaning and self-worth to their jobs. And in the process of a retrenchment, they automatically devalue themselves and see themselves as I was retrenched, which means I'm incapable. And that is never the case. You know, retrenchment does not mean you aren't valuable, you aren't skilled, you aren't gifted. It just means you're going through a separate isolated incident. Treat it as an isolated incident. Don't let it mask the potential that you have to be greater than the current situation. It's amazing. So the don't, third, let, don't <laughs> let it, before you jump to the third one, don't yeah. let value your self-worth and I know that this is something in particular that us in the media industry struggle with because I always say this to my friends I'm not a bottle of water and I'm not a slab of chocolate so if you decide that you don't want to buy the bottle of water or the slab of chocolate the manufacturer is not going to take it personally they're just going to market the same product to you differently right but when you're in the media when you're in the media industry or when you're in in a people's industry and uh, you get laid off or you get retrenched (laughs) it's kind of like saying you are not okay your personality is what doesn't gel. We don't like you. So it's very easy to, as you say, when you're being retrenched, take it as a personal attack, which can then lower your self-worth. That was a very valuable point there. You're about to get to your third coping mechanism. The third thing I was going to mention is get active and look for a job. Now, this might sound like, oh, she said it. Yes, I said it. A lot of the time people worry that, um, you know, I, I'm going through a retrenchment, but I'll have a severance package to cushion me for a few months. The biggest mistake you can make is to see a severance package that you get as a cushioning. Now more so with the COVID crisis, there aren't going to be, you know, comfortable severance packages that are going to be dished out. So uh, that perception of I'll have about three, four months of sustainment before I need to start looking is the wrong way to approach it. If you feel that you are at risk, um, you know, to being retrenched, best thing to do is start putting yourself out there. No better time than start brushing up on your your, your LinkedIn profile, fix up your CV, and please, not a 20-page CV, two pages, you know, um, highlight, you know, the things that are really great about you, your experience, um, and put yourself out there on the market. 
tap into the networks, but don't use this opportunity or see it as a paid holiday using your severance package. So that's the third uh, uh, piece of advice that I, I wanted to give. The fourth I wanted to obviously share is if you find yourself at home, and this is really in the extreme case where you have been retrenched, you are at home, get into a regular schedule. Find a routine and stick to it. Build structure in your life. The biggest thing that onsets depression is not having purpose or meaningful activities to do. And because we attach so much meaning to our jobs, if we take that away, a lot of people find themselves feeling very lonely and hopeless and empty. It's about using the opportunity to build structure in your life. Pick up a hobby, you know, learn a new skill. There are tons of free courses that people can be doing, but get into a routine that works because the minute you stay in limbo for too long, it it could be the permanent state. So now you've written a blog about this and I have read it about trying to learn a new skill or getting yourself out there, you know, in light of retrenchment. And I did send it out to a few of my friends who are facing potential retrenchments at the moment. And one or two of them said, please, can you ask Sandy, what about those of us who are working so terribly hard at the moment, pulling 18 hour days from home? You know, we're still parents. Yeah. We're still doing absolutely everything. We don't have time to learn a new skill or brush up our CV, but we don't know if we're 100% going to be retrenched. We're just waiting. What do we do with our minds during this time? Because we're not definitely getting retrenched, but we might get retrenched and we've taken a pay cut. So how do we mentally keep ourselves motivated and going? So I'm going to respond from a personal perspective. I'm very much in the same space. I'm a mom. I'm putting in crazy hours. And I've been working from home for some time. I've had that luxury with my work, you know, where I get to spend a lot of time working from home. But people don't understand that you work a lot more when you're at home because you're not used to the, I'm taking a break, I'm getting up from my desk, I'm walking away, I'm getting lunch or this or that. And that can quickly be overwhelming. And the challenge with it is set up boundaries. And a lot of people might go, you know, what do I do with my mind? Um, you know, how do I, I don't have time. I'm a mom, I've got kids running around. I've got dinner to prepare. I've got lunch to think about and I've got my delivery. But, you know, there's a thin line that a lot of people cross when it comes to your own well-being. And I always say to people, you've got to pick a struggle. In the absence of you, will the work continue? And if you can't be healthy or stay in a healthy state of mind, how good are you going to be at delivering those 18-hour packed days? And how productive are you really being? So I always say, pick a struggle and draw a line and set up boundaries. Create time. It's been the most difficult thing for me to do because I'm always stressing around, I've got to get this done, I've got to get this done. But I've also had a very frank conversation with the powers that be and, and I've said, look, I, I, I want to be able to deliver, but I've also got this. I've got a child. And, you know, it's about opening the conversation and being realistic about the current situation, you know, what you're dealing with, but also taking time for yourself. There's no getting around the fact that you may need a break and you need to set up boundaries. And if that boundary is 30 minutes a day to read, 
30 minutes a day to update yourself on what's the latest in your specific industry. Give yourself that 30 minutes because that 30 minutes over a week, over two weeks or three weeks becomes a lot of time that you wouldn't have forecasted, you know, initially, but break it up into smaller chunks, but don't compromise your mental health at the expense of trying to be good at everything because you'll quickly run the risk of dropping the balls. And I've dropped balls many a times and that's how I've learned to just set up those boundaries and be good to myself. Because if I can't be good to myself, I don't put myself first. I sure as heck won't be useful to my family, my job, my partner, you know, all the things that I usually do. I won't be able to deliver on them as I could if I was in the right space. Now you spoke about, and you touched on the powers that be. So in in your opinion, what do you think the biggest challenge or mistake is that employers or organizations could be making while, you know, while dealing with the retrenchment of staff? So the first thing, um, um, Cindy, and I've seen this so many times, is not prioritizing the process of managing the behavior adjustment and change process from an employee perspective upfront. So they almost treat this change process or this process that employees go through as an afterthought. And the space that I've been playing, and I've seen it so many times, I literally get brought in right at the tail end of the retrenchment process where the damage has already been done and people are reeling from, you know, from the effects of it, as opposed to business going, you know what, let's prioritize our people. Let's bring them along the journey because retrenchment is a change journey. And the best way to make sure that people come out at the end of the journey okay is by bringing them into the journey very early on. And that brings me to my second point, finding someone neutral who can partner with the HR team to drive the process. A lot of the times organizations try and cut costs and go, no, we're going to delegate this to the HR function. Let's do this in two, three weeks and and get it done and over with it. And that's the biggest mistake they could be making because firstly, they can miss some fundamental steps that are set out by the LRA, such as giving statutory notice or facilitating robust consultation processes. But I want to make an example. If HR is also an impacted stakeholder in the process, the levels of objectivity in driving a retrenchment process solely by HR can be compromised. So bringing in someone um, neutral and independent to help facilitate the process at the beginning of the process creates a lot of transparency. It creates trust as well between the employees and the employers so that if there are any future changes or initiatives that an employer wants to you know, initiate in the organization, it won't be off the back of uh, you know a sour uh, taste that was left by the previous process that wasn't managed upfront that wasn't managed independently and that wasn't you know managed in a timeless manner well you you really 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 <laughs> do have gone through this process and i can hear you've been through this a while thank you Tons so much for your time thank you so much for your thank time you is there so a way um people could contact you or follow you on social media or get a hold of you if they'd like to tap into your expertise absolutely so i'll start with my email address um it's zandi z a n d i at zandi mate that's my name at my name and surname dot live as in I have life. So that's my email address. I am on Instagram. My Instagram handle is 
Zandimate. So it's quite simple. If anyone looks up that, they'll find me. Um, I am also on Twitter um, um, at Zandi underscore Mate. That's my Twitter handle. And, and I'm also on Facebook. So I do have a Facebook page. And I do respond and, and I, I, I try by all means to keep as active and engaged. So if people are looking for support, um, employers looking for support or someone to help them through the retrenchment process or employees looking to help uh, with the adjustment process, I'm definitely available and I tap into my network of people who are also uh, quite prominent in the space. Absolutely awesome. And if you missed the spelling for those listening, it's Zandi, Z-A-N-D-I, Mate, M-A-T-H-E. Thank you again to everyone listening to this podcast from me, Sidi Paluta. Have a productive day. If you can, remain positive. Open the channels of communication within your homes and your support groups. Show compassion and stay safe. Help is at hand during this lockdown. Call SADAC between 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on 0800-567-789 or visit sadag.org before it's too late. For more episodes of the Locked and Down podcast, visit lifepodcasts.fm.